it up because I'm a little tired and um yeah what's up I as always um we're back I have Aaron what's up Aaron what up with it I have Trey hello and Miss Pretty in Pink <laughs> I have Stevie what's up Stevie hey y'all what's up as usual you know we got a little bit of checking in to do how's my handsomes how's everybody Trey um, I was good until you started yelling. Girl, Miss um, Thing, and you come on getting in this mic dry. I would prefer the yell than give a dry tea. So bitch, what's up? Okay, I'm not even I'm not even gonna bring all my energy out today. Answer the question. The How bitch, are you? Because the bitch in. has been talking. Uh, can I speak then, ho? Jesus. God. Check um in. I'm t- bitch, can I speak? God, put some CarMax on and let me speak. Um, all <laughs> I am well. Um, yeah, like bitch, I'm well. I'm home. Like, what the fuck? Like, what else am I checking in about? Like, nothing miraculous has happened to me. Nothing going on. I've Haven't been crying. That's it. What? What you crying about, girl? No, I'm just. I mean, <laughs> no. Let's be clear here. Um, I really need. Um, I think everyone needs a good cry. One good time. Like, I don't cry often. Like, you may catch me like every two months, mm. but. I'll cry like once a year, and it's needed. Like well, you, what are you what, what's, what's going on? It's just life is fucking stressful, bitch. Thank you. Say that. It's okay to cry, Do but no, like girl. no. The thing about crying is, it's not just like, oh, I'm so sad. Like nothing's happening. Like it's just like a release. Like that's all it is. Um, I'm not afraid to say I cry, but like it's just like, what it is, it happens um and it just comes when it's like you just everything is stressful you take a moment it's like a part of like my meditation uh what the fuck is this nefertiti like egyptian dance girl i can't what's up how you been good um i was dancing just now to a song in my head but um i haven't really been up to much you know um school's out for summer which doesn't really mean much for me because I'm going to be going to summer class. Unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, nothing. When am I going to see you on a screen? I'm ready to see you in a movie. Uh, what's what's going on with that? I'm sorry. Like I just I, I need to see that beautiful face on on my screen and on my TV. Not in um, the point either. 
Right, I was about to say, I was like, girl, right. she I want to be direct. <laughs> you might see me on Coco Dorm, you know what I'm saying? Hold on. I don't want to interrupt, but um, I posted a picture on my Instagram story of me and Aaron, my bro, and I received a message saying, let's do a threesome. And I want to put this out that, bitch, I do not have sex with my brother. Um, That's all I, I wanted to say. And if so, um, all promotions, please send them to Trey. Oh, uh-uh. I am their manager. I am. Uh-uh. I, I will take uh-uh. all... Um, Booking fees, booking information. Let me nope, know. Not doing that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't listen to that girl. She lying. Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm kind of excited for that OnlyFans page. <laughs> um, IDK man. I'm 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 still working on my working on my workings. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I. I don't do nothing, y'all. Like, and it's actually actually true this time. I haven't really left the house that much. Um, I don't really plan to. But you've been um, knee deep in finals, though. So yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, this summer, y'all, y'all, y'all might see me out. You know, you might not. Uh, if you do, shake my hand, and uh, that's it. All right. So, what's been going on, Stevie? Um, I've been in an ongoing battle with my allergies for like the last week and a half. But I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to talk about me being an uncle very, real soon. I keep talking about that. Um, um, yeah, it's going to be a new addition to my family. My sister's having a baby. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what bringing the baby into the family is going to do. Like, is it going to change the dynamic in the house? Is it going to do, you know, and good things or bad things? I'm just really, really excited to have something, you know, new and bring a new energy into the home. That's what's up. We talked about that the other day and I was, um, you know, I'm really happy. And my sister is going to have a baby uh, in a couple weeks as well. So, yeah. <laughs> my aunt is having a baby too. I, know, I love. Okay, I already have baby fever, so I can't really be around babies yeah. too much. But I'm like so excited. Um, But yeah, I've, I've just been, you know, school um, and that's been it. Um. Not really looking forward to the summer because, like uh, Aaron said, I'll be in summer school as well. I know. <laughs> okay, let's be clear. Malik says this like not every weekend. He is not out there. Yeah, I really don't like school though. I like <laughs> oh, bitch. We know that. I like. I'm a student, but I don't like the structure of school. But I love to learn. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to my class. My class this summer is um. Uh, it's a theology class. It's about it's. I forget the name of it, but it's about examining why we have faith in the first place. Um, and it it goes across multiple religions. Um, so I'm I'm excited for that. It's definitely a core class. Like I have to take a theology class for my core uh, requirements. But um, I'm actually excited to take this one because I want to explore those reasons. Um, I hate essays and I hate research papers though. So, um, if I were to write something, I really prefer it to be fictional. So, um, that, yeah. So, um, but I love being in class and I love, um, like raising my, like the whole like novelty of like raising my hand and asking a question, (laughs) that kind of shit, like that still hasn't worn off. So I can imagine you in Um, class right now. Yeah. I'll be in class like, sir, may I, may I interject? With Um, those black nails. Yeah. You know, so, but, I hate you yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. Um, we're gonna go ahead and get into. Um, I don't even know what we're gonna be. We're gonna call this the the icebreaker until we find. Oh, I know. 
Okay, <laughs> the breakdown. The breakdown. Okay. <laughs> well, no. we're just going to get into it. So as y'all know, Stevie um, does live tweeting of my house. Um, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday through our page at um, on, on Twitter at Him Podcast. So um, I don't know if you're watching, or, but um, there was a point in the episode where uh, Jelani Mizrahi was with his father. And... Um, his father was asked a question as to how did he accept his son and, you know, how did his son come out to him and, you know, whatever. But um, the situation happened where basically his father was explaining that he did support his son. But somewhere in the interview, the father just basically said that although he supports his son, um, his, his son is aware that he's not, able, um, not allowed to bring like his partners or any boyfriends to the family house. And um, I kind of wanted to pose the question, like, how do you interact with your parents and what is the relationship um, with your parents in capacity, like to your love life or in regards to your love life? Um, and just I kind of wanted to start a conversation around that, because if you saw the episode, you kind of see that like Jelani is totally taken aback by his uh, father saying that. So it's just like I know that he's not the only one out there with that experience and, and, and with that story. So, um, I mean, I'm going to start off and say that I think my parents have, well, my mother has always known that I was gay. And I think that when I was younger, my mom would say, you know, she totally supported me, but at the same time, she didn't like my choice of lifestyle. And I think that that's a very conflicting headspace to be in. Um, because of course you, you love your parents and you, you want acceptance, but how do you support someone and then tell them that you don't <laughs> agree with their lifestyle? So, so yeah, like, how, how is it with your family, uh, Stevie? Um, well, with my family, they uh, accept me completely, but I think the connection with my mom is the most, the most important one. Um, when it came to me coming out of the closet and coming out of, you know, being who I am, our, our bond came, became, I'm sorry, became tighter than what it is right now. Um, she was very confused as to why I was doing certain things. She didn't really understand it. She actually took herself to like the library and studied on the stuff and really, really wanted to be like, listen, if this is what my son is going to do, I'm going to love him regardless, no matter what. As far as my love life, she's like, when are you bringing your husband home? Like, girl, first of all, slow down. Give me a second. I, there's a lot of things that you have to do before you just bring in a husband. Um, but she's been very, very supportive. All of my boyfriends and everything that I've dated and anyone I am interested in she's all for it like she's never been against it my stepdad is a different story he's coming around but when it first like when it first hit the you know the forefront he was not for it he was I had to really battle with him a lot to be just be myself my mom she was easy talking my stepdad was always like on me like what's going on like what why are you not you know how fathers can be sometimes why do you have to why why right without saying it like why do you have to be gay but he was just not really understanding to it but now he's come around and it's full circle and we're cool and i also wanted to add there was also a point in the interview where jelani's father had said you know he wanted he said of course the father wants you know their son to play football or basketball or you know have these quote-unquote like masculine um talents and like jobs but jelani vogues and he dance dances and yeah it's a sport and it's also you get paid off of doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was so sad to hear, like, you know, to see his face and just to see like his response to the things that his dad said. And, um, actually, um, I was asking, um, 
Aaron about, you know, the sixth connection with his his mom and he uh, was expressing some things. So, like, how is the dynamic with with your parents? It's changed over time. Um, <clears throat> in the beginning, like when I came out, it was uh, it was pretty aggressive on both sides. I was like, you know, I'm gay. Please, like, just accept me, like, love me, you know, whatever. And, you know, they were Christian. Well, my mom was. My dad was more the, you know, where did I go wrong? My son ended up gay type. But, um, you know, we had a few fights and there was like this 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 um line drawn in the sand. It was like my mother was like, you know, I love you. You're my son. Um, I don't want to meet anybody that you're with. I don't. If you have a wedding, I'm not going to come. Um, you know, all that stuff. There was this whole thing where I, I it was like the first play like my first lead role I had done in, in a play like ever. And I was really excited. And it was the producers. Um, and I played Carmen Gia, who was a gay character, really flamboyantly like open the gay character. And I didn't tell my family on purpose who I was playing because I felt like they might not come until it was my fault, but it was until opening night when I told like my sister and um, act one of the play, like I was out there, you know, whatever. And then like, it wasn't until intermission that I learned that my entire family had decided not to come. And my mother told me, she was like, you knew we were going to come. Like, that's why you didn't tell us. Like, you know, she's like, we're not going to come and support that. And, um, that caused a lot of division, but, um, that <clears throat> I haven't talked about that ever. That was wild. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry. So did your sister warn them? She told, yeah, oh, she okay. told the rest of my family. Um, and they all decided not to come because of who I was playing and the mm-hmm. character I was playing. Um, over time that's evolved a little bit, you know, I, uh, I became the person that says, oh, you know, it's okay if you don't like support, I just want you to love me still, like don't disown me, you know? And, um, they never did that. So, and I was, I think I was satisfied with that for a while, but you know, the older you get, you know, the more you open up and the more you learn things about yourself and what you want from life and, what I wanted changed. And it was like, and only recently have I begun to have conversations with my mother about like, you know, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids like, you know, and if you want to be a part of that, you're going to have to rearrange some of the things that you think. And, um, her response so far has been very resigned. Um, she's like, you know, you haven't, you, you're not really giving me much of a choice. She's like, you know, it's either I make myself a part of it or, you know, I lose you. And she's like, I don't want to lose you. You know, you're my son. I love you. So she's like, you know, I don't have a choice. I, I, I guess I have to. And I'm like, I guess you do. And, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, she'll come around mm-hmm. in time. Um, but, you know, I, I love her too much to 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 cut her off. Like it would it would it would be cutting a piece of me off yeah. to do that. So um, I'm just hoping. Yeah. And I think that's also like it's conflicting being um, black and gay because, I mean, we are endeared to our family. So it's just like it's excruciating to break those ties if you're able to break them at all. And like my mother and I are we've always been so close like y'all look like twins she literally yeah. spit you out of her mouth <laughs> we, look, we look exactly alike and all the things that i love came from her my, my my love for for english for reading for chai tea for you know glasses. like glad like <laughs> glasses um fragrances like all the little things that i'm interested in like it, they all came from her you know and um she's a huge part of who I am. And it's like, I, I, I can't just like leave her behind, but it's like, I have my life to live also. So it's difficult to navigate. Um, I bring up the conversation every month or so and we have it and it's hard and it sucks. And then we move on to easier stuff. Um, and then we're smiling and laughing again, but 
you know, eventually that stuff is going to have to be broached like really hard and tough. Um, because as I get older and I get closer to finding someone, like, girl, you're going to have to get it together or, you know, because it's like, I'm going to give you grandchildren. And you, I mean, they they going to want to be with her. My mom, she wants to be called Dula, which is grandmother, I think, in German. Um, my um, my nephews and nieces, that my, my, my sister's kids, they call her that. And uh, I was like, you know, if my kids are going to want their doula, so you're going to have to get it together. So, yeah. Um, I want to share an embarrassing truth. But I, when I was younger, and when I say younger, like middle school, high school, um, I always, I told myself I wanted to be white because I felt like it was more acceptable to be white and gay. Same. Um, and... <laughs> And that's that's the truth. Um, back in the day, you know, at least, and of course, I've grown. You know, I definitely don't have that mentality now, and I know, you know, I am who I am. But that's that's the headspace that I was in when I was, you know, younger when I first came out. And my question I had to you um, is, for except to gain acceptance from family and other people, do you think that by setting an ultimatum or giving your family an ultimatum? Is that the is that the way to acceptance or is it, you know, having those conversations and, you know, picking at it every time and to to gain progression? Does that does that make sense? It does. Um, I think it depends on the situation. Um, it depends on how it started, on how you came out. It, it depends on how they reacted at first, um, how far they've come in the intervening years. Uh because, you know, some people react differently to different things. I think if it was anyone other than my mother and I laid that in front of her, you know, because I pretty much laid it out as an ultimatum, a soft one, I guess, but definitely one. Um, and if it had been someone else, you know, they probably would not have responded, you know, the way my mother did. Um, and I think that the reason why she responded the way she did is because we have all those years of history. Um, it's like she's been like as much my friend as she's been my mother. Right. And um you know, we have a bond that extends beyond like, oh, you're my son and I took care of you and everything. It's like we enjoy the same things and we have years of us going and doing things yeah. together and, you know, whatever. So um, if I lay that out to, you know, a different type of person or a, like I know some of my friends' mothers, it's like, you know, if I laid it out to them, you know, if that my mother, it was like it would have been a whole yeah. different situation. It probably would have blew up and went somewhere different. So you kind of have to like, you know, read the room. Um, even though in your hurt and in your anger, when you really like put thought to these types of things, you want to lay it out as an mm -hmm. ultimatum, but it's like, think about what you're losing. Yeah. Um, this, this is a different relationship than, you know, some friends or, you know, like a boyfriend yeah, or, or like whoever a, you've shared in your life, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's different than that. And this is, you know, this is a bond that's deeper than that. Uh, I'm not saying everybody has those type of relationships with their parents, but like, this is this is different. This is stronger, and you know, uh, so you want to be careful to approach it. But it depends on the situation. Sometimes it's necessary, yeah. And sometimes it's better to you know have to ease it in, you know. <laughs> so I've been I, I've been doing both. Like you know, I started out as a soft ultimatum, and then we've been having conversations because I really don't want to lose her. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, Trey, what what are what are your um what's your dynamic with your mother and father, or um have you introduced him to boyfriends before, or what what's going on? Um, I'm private with all parts of my personal life uh, uh, for my family. Um, so, uh, me and my family, I think we have a weird dynamic. Um, I don't share much of anything unless I want to. Um, 
I remember they found out that I even had a boyfriend because <laughs> one time because I posted it on Facebook by accident just because I was not thinking. Mm-hmm. But um, they know I'm gay. Like they they've I can't I, don't even, I came out through like a text. Like it was like nonchalant shit for me. Um, and so I have already accepted and loved myself. So for me, I don't really care. So for them to say like if they, if I brought a man around and they had like the biggest fight of my life. It would just be like, okay, like I don't really, it it would be hurtful. Yeah. But I just don't care. Like at this point, like I've loved myself and I'm accepting who I am. And if you can't do that, I'm, I'm good with me. Um, and so my family, we talk about it often. I mean, like I talk, they know I want kids like, tomorrow um they know i want to be married they know like everything i say it in front of them um i just don't i'm just a personal person so like i don't bring men around in general i think i get that from like my aunts and uncles who dated but never brought anyone really around the family until it was really 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 serious so for me like i just learned from them and just like i'm not bringing i you don't take it personal. I just don't bring anyone around until I'm comfortable enough to know for myself. I love this person through everything. Um, nothing my parents can say about anything that they do would uh, um, reflect them and just like make me change my decision on that person. So for me, I don't. Um, I don't want to say I just don't give a fuck about my parents and their thoughts of who I'm dating because, bitch. I, I couldn't give a fuck about theirs. Their, mm-hmm. So why does it matter? Um, that's my... But I know that everyone doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's people out there that um, don't get the chance to fully be themselves because there is a boundary and, and a, a blockade mm-hmm. um, from the, the, their true selves and their parents um, accepting... I mean, being with someone is just an extension of who you are. So with them, your parents not accepting it, um, it's kind of cutting off a limb. Yeah. And you're like walking around trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So um, I think that <laughs> the type of relationship that me and my mother have, like, girl, we be talking about dick, sucking dick, everything like and we well, first of all, even before, like my mother knew I was gay, she's always been um I hate to say terribly open about sex. <laughs> um, and now that I am who I am now, it's just, she's been supportive and she is supportive. And um, I'm happy just because I, I need my mom and I love my mom. And um, as I've gotten older, obviously my wants and my needs have changed. And one of the my biggest goals is to fall in love and to, to, to be married and, and have a family. So um yeah. Um, I, one question that I do want to pose to you is um, to all of you is that we had a conversation with someone and there are a lot of people who are out to their their friends and like work people and whatever associates, but their parents do not know that they're gay. And my question to you is how what is some advice you can give people to even bring up the conversation um, to 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 l- to open up to their parents and not even to say like, you know, I'm gay, but just to start a conversation in hopes to become comfortable 
to get to that point to let you know open up because we had that conversation you know what i'm talking about right yeah i mean i i'm that type of person i came out to my friends before my family um but that was just because i think you have to become more comfortable with yourself at the at first um i think with friends i don't want to say i don't want to say friends are often disposable but friends if they act a certain way that friendship will be over and you just know like okay i told them but my life isn't really over um with your family you kind of those are the people that are supposed to love you no matter what they're they're the your bloodline like um and you can't really you don't want to cut that off so i would say you have to grow to be comfortable once you grow in comfortability with yourself um then you start the discussion of hey um this is who i am this is what i'm about um i love me i want you to join in the love of me but if you can't love me i'm not changing who i am um for your satisfaction or your comfort at this point anymore um and so i think that's how the the start of the discussion has to start with you yeah and you and your comfortability with who you are. Aaron, do you have anything, love? I was, I was still trying to gather my thoughts. No, you ain't got time, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it goes back to what I said before about kind of reading the room. Because um, sometimes it's better to rip it off like a Band-Aid. And then other times it it's, uh, it's better to start discussions. Um, there isn't really much advice I can give in the in the vein of ripping it off like a band-aid. You just go and be like, what's up? Yeah. But um, with starting discussions, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, my mom used to do this thing. Well, this is what she does with things that she's not sure about. Um, when she's not sure if she should support or not, she expresses her opinion, but then later she goes and researches it. And then she sends me like an article. Like when I joined the Navy, she was distraught because she didn't want me to join the military. And then I, I gave her a few days and... And she started sending me articles like a day in the life of a sailor, you know, because she like went and did research. She's like, okay, well, I want you to understand because I'm starting to understand, you know. Um, so maybe um, you could start with just talking about, you know, pop culture things or maybe an article that you saw that features somebody that is a part of the LGBT community um, to kind of like get a feel for how they feel. Um, because to know that is a little better than you know, in certain situations to know how they feel first or get like a feel for how they maybe would feel is better than um, just ripping it off. I, yeah, maybe start talking about like, oh yeah, I saw this one thing or, oh, I just, I just, I watched an episode of this show with this whatever and it was pretty cool because they did this or, you know, whatever. And just like kind of see how they respond. Um, Like Trey said, it is better to know yourself first. Coming out to your friends can definitely help. That's what I did as well. Um, for me, it was really important to prove to my father that I was still the same person. Um, that like <laughs> me, like the actual act of me saying I'm gay wasn't didn't change me like at my core. Like I didn't grow horns and start laughing like really loud and which is so crazy that yeah. you have to put it to yourself like that. But that's what it is. It's I had to like so it was very important for me to be like hey you know it's I'm still me. I'm still your son. Like the only thing that's changed is that now you're aware of this part of my life has been me is from the very beginning. Um, but I kind of wish I could go back and just kind of like maybe like get a feel for how he felt first. So maybe start talking about articles or 
um, mention a book or a TV show or a, a YouTube clip that you saw, you know, whatever that you found interesting or that, you know, whatever. And the thing about parents is that they usually can kind of know already, um, because they know you, they raised you. So it's like, um, yeah, you know, parents, parents usually know already. So it's like, you kind of start in this dance that you do around the subject until you get to the center and that's fine. You know, so if you bring it up, just bring it up. Maybe talk about it a little bit. Maybe they'll know what you're trying to get at. Maybe they might start the conversation before you do, you know, you never know. Um, so yeah, that's my advice. Just like start with like something small, something that you saw, something that you read, you know, whatever. Um, I just want to say basically just, you know, do what you have to do to make the relationship in your family good. Um, especially when it comes to loving yourself, like, when it comes to, you know, the dynamic of keeping your family, like, in your business and how much you want to tell them, just make sure that you're okay with yourself first and everything else will fall into place. I, that's pretty much what I have to say. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would just say, yeah, I just think you just rip, rip the Band-Aid off. I think, I think all of the... Um, that is easier said than done. People, yeah, but I'm giving my advice. <laughs> this is but, No, I know you're giving your advice. But yeah, I just I just think that, you know, um, when you're trying to make progress, especially with, you know, just sexual identity and just um, your personal life, you have to, you know, let people know that this is me at all cost and um, you just have to go with it. Um, I think that I've I known people like 30 year olds who've and, and I'm not saying this is I'm not speaking down about the situation but i had a friend who literally was married for almost 15 well no at least 10 years and just up and boop just came out and said he was gay literally those whole 10 years was agony and just strife and just a mess because he refused to come out as a gay man so um and, and you know things happen the way that they happen he has two beautiful kids out of the marriage and everything but the fact that you like went through 10 years of angst and just indecision um it it really makes me like it it, it boggles my mind so i just think again that it, you want to be who you are and be yourself and um just i think that the best the way to do that is just rip the rip the band-aid off and I, I also i don't want to say that um, or make it seem like those who are still closeted or haven't come out yet, or you know, whatever. We don't want to. We don't want to put any pressure on you because no. everyone has their reasons as to why they have not begun to live publicly in their truth. Um, you know, if you haven't done yet, or you don't see yourself doing it for a little while yet, that's fine. Even if you never come out, that's fine. Um, the important thing is that you love you. Um, sometimes you loving you can end with you coming out because you don't. You no longer want to live in that yeah. shadow. Um, but that depends, you know, so like I never want to make anyone feel like they have to, you know, whatever. Um, all things happen in time. So, babe, like my also my advice is take your time. Um, if you're not ready to pull the bandaid off just yet, it's then no race. it's fine. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do it yet. It's not required. Um, just uh, take your time and do it when you feel ready. Yeah. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, this is Malik and you're listening to him. Make sure to visit our Twitter and Instagram at him podcast and also step into our world at himpodcast.com. Love you, babies. Yeah.
All right, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that break. Um, so I kind of wanted to get into an interesting topic. I think that living in New York, we are uh, some very social boys and girls. Um, I know that, well, I go out a lot. And, and when I say out, just not to clubs, but just, you know, dinners, brunches, movies and such. And um, one thing that I've realized and one thing that um, I kind of seen people talking about is the disappearing of like black spaces, black clubs, and just literally places to hang out. And I really wanted to pose a question as into if we don't have gay bars and gay clubs and gay spaces to um, have fun and to explore and to do what we do as gay men, um, where do we go? Where do we have fun? Where do we meet men? And how do we like fellowship and have a community if there's like, you know, how do you have church if there's no church? <laughs> um, so yeah, like that, that's my question. Girl, the question is where do you? Yeah, where do you go? Like, so if there's no spaces to commune as black gay men, where would you say we go? Um, I think, and is there a reason as to why you see black gay, like black gay clubs disappearing? Uh, um, I think for the first question, I think it depends. I mean, you go home, like you're, you're, you're in the comfort of your own home now. Um, I mean, you guys come to my dorm often for like meetings and shit when we ain't, we ain't congregating. <laughs> right. But it's still like, I just don't like. I'm I'm a little I may be confused so bitch no no okay so basically I remember back home in Virginia there are no clubs for black gay people to go to we have to share our we have to share spaces with white gays and in the way this white in seven five seven, so I'm not driving an hour away oh, where I, I live. Like, I'm staying local. <laughs> oh yeah, no. It's so in, in your home, in your community, if there's no spaces to to meet men, to party, to hang out, where do you go? Your home, like, you that's find... Not, that's not, you can't throw a party is, your house. That's but what my I'm saying. Thing is, my thing is, I feel like you're, you're saying, like, he brought up a, an example, but then you're like, my community, I want one 25 minutes away. Right. Like, no, that's not unless you're way, going, so that's not, that's, unless you're going to create it your damn self, I don't, I don't know where else can you go. No, I think that, well, I think the reason if you why, don't travel. I think the reason why, there are a few reasons why there are not black establishments. I think one of the reasons is just how we are perceived as black gay men. Um, I think that a lot of the, the stereotype, the stigma that is surrounding the black man, but not only the black gay man, doesn't really leave spaces for us to um, fellowship and for us to commune. I also think that um, a lot of the clubs shut down because black people don't know how to act. And I don't, <laughs> I know that that's a, may, may sound problematic, but a lot of the gay clubs are shut down. Black gay clubs are shut down because the girls is doing drugs. The girls is fighting. The girls is like doing a lot. So those are some of the main reasons as to like why we don't have spaces. Um, but the reason why we don't, we can't open up spaces because it takes money to actually open up a club. You know what I'm saying? So we have we're challenged economically um, as well. You have to have credit to 
And I just feel like you have to have credit and, and money to open up a club. So, um, I mean, bitch, I know I don't have no money to, <laughs> to open up a club. So I'm kind of like forced to go with these, go to these clubs that are like predominantly white. Um, and I feel claustrophobic. Um, I don't like the music. And it's not really a good time. Um, but I'm just more or less going out because literally those are the only um, those are the only spaces to do my thing. And it's no, no shade to the white gays, you know, y'all, y'all do y'all thing. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, for real. What? No, what? I'm saying like, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to make, I don't want to make our, our, I don't want to make our white audience feel they, weird. They, oh, they, they know what this is. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, like Malik said, it's, well, the importance of black spaces, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we have to have those spaces because we have different experiences and, and worldview. And I said this before, you know, like being around my people, like it, it, like it re it boosts me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it yeah. fills my energy back up. And, um, you know, I have been settling for just like gay energy or like LGBT energy, like or being around my, my people. Um, but I want to be around my black people. Um, and I live in Brooklyn, and the only place that I can think of that I could go to to get my black energy is uh, Trappy Hour, which is in Harlem. Um, and that is a full, like, hour and a bit, hour and change of a commute. And then if I'm there, like, right. And if I'm there past midnight, it's even longer because, you know, the train, or on the weekend, it's like, it's even longer because, you know, the longer you stay in Harlem, you know, the longer it's going to take you to get home. And, um, you know, going to different boroughs is like is a hot mess. You know, I not all listeners live in New York City, but girl, if you live in if you live in Brooklyn, you know, you're not trying to going to Manhattan by itself is a is a trip. You know, girl, anybody going out there? That's what I'm saying. So I, I live there, and it's and it's a lot for me to get to some of the places. Nobody's so, bitch, nobody's coming to visit. That's okay, and I come visit y'all. But let me tell you something: when it comes to us coming out and having a good time, bitch. I come out, I shake some things, and I break some things, because, bitch, I know it's the commute going back is going to be a fucking hassle. So, yeah, the spaces that we get in, like, trappy hour, bitch, make sure you make it do what it do. So, you know, I go to I go to the Ritz, I go to industry, I go to box both boxers, you know, and um, those places are cool, you know, but, like, they are predominantly white, and the energy is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, being around all black people, you don't have to do anything extra. You know what I'm saying? You can just 100% relax. And just be you, you know what I'm saying? And there's like, there's not that expectation. There's no weird like tenseness in the air. You don't have to be looking out for people being problematic or saying something like weird to you, you know, whatever. You can just let yourself be. And that is so, 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 so important, um, especially in our social political climate. Like it's, we have to have that space. And in the absence of that, it's like I'm settling. So it's like my energy is not getting filled up. So I stopped going out because I'm like, I don't. You know, I want to go out and I want to be, I want to dance and drink and, you know, whatever. But it's like, I don't want to be in these spaces with y'all. Like, sometimes I can stop giving a fuck. I just, I just go in there sometimes and not even care. I mean, yeah, like I do that too. But it's like, like Malik said, the music, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to dance to Britney Spears all night. (laughs) I also, Spice Girl Bop, bitch. I'm in there getting there, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hit hit the Britney Spears, you know, one more time. Give it to me. Uh But I don't want to hear Britney Spears and then have that followed up by some more Britney Spears, you know, and then, you know, and but and, and, and then if you dare to play a song that I like, it's like a club mix. So you're not playing a whole song. 
or it's like over overridden with like and I'm like I just want to hear the song like you know what I'm saying like so I'm like I'm not enjoying the music you know I'm I'm sipping my drink and I'm just sitting there you know what I'm saying and like the white gays are like undulating all around me and I'm like y'all are having fun you know what I'm saying but I'm not like and so I'm like why did I even why did I get dressed and come all the way to fucking Manhattan Right, just just to be like, well, girl, what am I even doing that's here? That's and like, I also said something about the commute because, bitch, if you come out and you're not doing what you're supposed to do, and you got all that travel to go back, bitch, you better make it the best. I should the only I should hear it. a song other than Formation. Like, I want it. I mean, Snow Shade, play that because I that that, that right that'll get me up. But like, it, Formation in a sea of Charlie XCX and and Britney Spears is like annoying. You know what I'm saying? I need a little more than that. I want to just add that also when I'm at like these mixed or white clubs, I kind of feel like a science experiment while I'm there. So it turns right. It's not really like, uh, you know, when 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 I'm in a black club, it's very celebratory. It's you know, we are congregating. We're fellowshipping. We're we're voguing. We're doing this, you know. Um, but when I'm when I'm at a white club, I feel like, you know, I'm being watched and they're taking notes on how to be black <laughs> or how to be gay. And don't it's just me. like, don't ask me to do no extra dance you know. And that was another thing that I wanted to say on our um, just our episode about, um, you know, the white community versus the, the black gay community. And it's just like, I'm not a fucking science project. You know, I'm not a research project where you, you know, you come to my you come to my spaces and you come to my venues to like research me to see how I interact and to see what I give. And that's like what white people, uh, what white gays give. Um, another reason I think that the white community, like specifically in New York City, they fetishize black men. Um, and it's it's such a awkward space to be in because like when coming from the South, black people, black gay men really don't date white men, um, white gay men. And so moving here, it's been full of diversity, obviously, uh, the, the gay community. But I just feel like it's just very much of it's late. You know what I'm saying? Like when I go out, I want to have a good time. I don't want to have to teach somebody how to speak to me. I don't want to tell a white person, don't say the word nigga. Um, it, it's just so many T's and it's just like, I don't have time to be a teacher and a daycare and to, to take care of someone. Um, I'm out here to spend my money. I'm out here to get drunk, to have fun, to see my girls. And that's that. Um, and I just, I, I, again, I wish we had more spaces um, where we can, you know, unwind and be ourselves. And oh yeah, you know, I forgot about um, Langston's. You ever been to Langston's? Langston's I have. <laughs> Stop promoting that club, girl. That club is a hot mess, but it is, it it's is, a it's a black space. It's a hot mess, but it is. A good I have never space. been to Langston's. Um, I'll take you. I've never been, but where, where is it? Where is it? It's in. It's in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, that's cool. I could. Isn't Crown Heights? Heights? Now hold on a second. That's around the corner from where I live at. So what days is that a thing? Wow! Look, look at us, Langston. Cut us a check. Um, but yeah, I, I forgot about Langston. So, but like other than Langston's in like Trappy Hour, which is one night at Harlem Nights, it's not even ever. You know, I can't think of a place that is predominantly black, and it's. You know, there are those that would say, oh, you know, why do you want a predominantly black space? And it's like, because all these other spaces are predominantly white. Nobody wants to, you know, those are not black don't want to acknowledge that. But it's like those spaces are created and catered towards, you know, what I'm saying people that aren't black. And, you know, so I want a space that's catered to me and my peeps because 
there's also like this um, misconception that like black people don't have money or we don't spend money or, mm. um, and I, I think that's why a lot, there are not really a lot of spaces that cater not only to black gay men, but just black people in general. Um, me and Stevie went to City Vineyard, actually uh, me, Stevie and Damien went to City Vineyard yesterday. And it was literally, well, I mean, anywhere you hang out in Manhattan is predominantly white. But I mean, literally, like everybody was white and we were the only black people in there. It was a it was a black girl in there. and She was with her white friends. And the whole time you should see her face because she was like trying to fit in, you know, like she wasn't connecting to her friends. And I kind of wanted to be like, girl, sis, come over and have a glass of wine with us because your friends is not clearly your friends are not giving what you want. It was you could see how uncomfortable she was in the setting, you know. Um, and I feel that when I go to these spaces, I'm treated like as a second class citizen, because like, I think, again, when you when you see a white person at a bar and you see me, they're obviously going to help the white person first because they feel as though that they're going to buy more or they feel like they have more money. So right, I think or they're, they're going to get a tip if they help them and not not me. You know, bitch, I spent eighty dollars at the bar last night. Yeah. And I'm I am and I always have been a heavy tipper. Now, I'm not advertising myself to potential bartenders so much as like just proving the point that, you know, when I come out to spend my money, I'm here to spend my money. You know what I'm saying? I want to drink and I want you to make it right. So I'm going to give you a tip so that you can make my drink right. You know, like. And let me tell you, let me tell you, Aaron has favorite bartenders and he t- he tips his bartenders. Well. Well. You know, if you catch my eye, if you cute and you make a real good drink and you smile at me once or twice, I'm a sucker. Especially if I've already been drinking. If I felt it on the first sip, baby, that's what You're going to get my coin, and that's terrible. That's it. Honestly, but, you know, that's that's off subject and absolutely awful, but, you know. And I also think that, like, one thing that I hate... Black people, when when a, when another black person starts a club or starts a business, like we have to support them immediately. Like, don't try to wait until you see what the tea is giving, because like black people, black gay men are in, they are infamous for just like trying to wait for something to be hot or pop off or something. And, well, that's just people in general, but specifically to like the gay community, it's just like once they're you know promote black promoters and just like black people who are trying to get businesses and products off of the ground and we just really have to start being in-house and supporting like our our fellow gay our fellow gay members of the community and then like just black people in general so it's like what where does this begin how do we get something going i mean this is i know like it's gonna take a shit ton of work and it's more than just like saying something but like i want to create a thing like you know like someplace that's I don't know, centrally located. That's not like super far from everyone. And, you know, a place that, that we can go. That's not, you know, just like one place. We got to go to this one place every time. Um, you know, I I want to, I want to have, Oh my God, I found another place. Wow. May, maybe we're wrong. No, uh, there's old to Babel. Um, that's not specifically a gay place. It's more mixy, but it's a place that, um, me and some of my friends hit on Saturday nights. Um, and they play the really good music. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it is rather small, but, um, it tends to be predominantly black. Um, and it's in, it's in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, uh, there's that place and I love that place. Um, but whenever I think about these places that are predominantly black, they're always small. I need a, I want a bigger, I want a bigger space, you know, like boxers is ridiculously big, you know, um, especially the one in Chelsea. Like, it's just like a really open space for no reason. Um, and so I, I want a space where we can spread out. We don't have to be all clustered up against each other. Um, 
But I mean, like, I, I don't. Where, where does that start? Like, I, I want to know where. How do we get that off the ground? Like, so this is so like I don't know if this helps or if this is even relevant to what we're talking to, but I think it is. So I was reading Negro Land by Margot Jefferson, and basically it's a memoir about uh, to her family, and she talks about how back in the day. Well, she's from a. Uh, a suburb of Chicago and they used to, they used to refer to it as, as Negro land and Negro land was basically this neighborhood of affluent black, black families. And they would have a newspaper about all of the accomplishments and goings ons of the black community. And like, I remember someone talking about like a gay magazine in New York that used to be published and it, it would give like all of the teas, like, you know, where to hang out at the hot spots, you know, what was going on in the city. And I really want to like bring back a publication to really like connect us as a community. And I think that, cause we're so all over the place when it comes to like, you know, um, what's going on in our community. And I think that would be, you know, the girls don't read, but <laughs> I feel like that would be a start to, con- to connecting us, you know? I know, that, and I know that somebody out there either has this idea or is trying to make that happen. So, reach hurry out. Up. You know, well, hurry up, but also reach out. Maybe there's something that we could do yeah. to help, or you know, like maybe there's, you know, I don't know, like anything that we could do because you know there are way too many black creatives out there, especially in New York yeah. City. Like, you know, there are writers out there that. So it's like I know that one of y'all has this idea or is already trying to make it happen, and you know. There not I mean, too many people know about it yet, so reach out to us, you know, because um, Definitely. in the end, like, you know, we want to bring our community together, so the only way to do that is to connect and network with each other, so. Yeah, I live, and I always, like, this quick, what one of my dreams uh, or goals is to open up a, a club one day, like, um, not, and I ain't talking about within the next two years or five years, Slow but, down, you know, have a, have a night where we can like really, cause no shade to the New Yorkers. I feel like, you know, us Southerners really know how to party and, um, <laughs> and I just could see myself like hosting a really cunt night for the girls, you know, like someplace where you can Vogue, you know, cause the New York doesn't really have Vogue rooms. Wow. You know, I miss colors in, so colors is in, uh, is in Richmond and, um, you know, every night, uh, you know, they would play the Vogue beats. In that room. And that room, it was a big room. And, you know, the girls would go in and that used to be one of oh, those are my favorite Saturday nights. I used to love that. Um, and I think about tracks in Atlanta and like, then I haven't been in Atlanta, um, stayed in Atlanta in a minute. But back when I was living there, like, you know, tracks used to have this like gargantuan like dance floor. But they would also have this uh, this room, um, a different room where you can go. They play beats all night. So it would literally, we would be, you know, on the main floor dancing for like going off. Then, you know, we would go to the Vogue room to get our life right quick. Then go back to the dance floor that to get a girl amazing. some more. I would love to see that. And then like also in there, like, you know, J setting is really big in the South too. Yes. So they would, the girls can J set in the Vogue J room. J setting is huge in Michigan too. Um, I grew up watching, a lot of my friends are, are J setters. Uh, my friend Johnny, he's amazing. So, um, yeah, like that. Let's see. What was my what was my place? I think my club would be called Bussy. Oh, club Bussy. Club Bussy. Um, you know, and it'll, it'll be in cursive on the sign. Come on, you know, to add an element of class. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I think you know, we, we need to create because we were talking about this in our very first episode, creating you know safe spaces, yeah. and uh, you know, this would definitely be one of them. I mean, I'm not, like. Clearly, we're not like, oh, we're going to get off this podcast today and go make one. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, like in the fucking Sims. But just, you know, 
maybe take like we have to start taking some steps like to create some more spaces like you know this is the city of opportunity and we, we've got to make something happen because i miss having that like i miss my black gaze you know like you guys fill me with energy and i love being around you so stevie what would your club be called um i don't have a name for a, cl- a club i haven't even thought that hard um i don't know maybe stevie's or something like i don't Girl, listen, man, you know. Um, but I think that honestly, with us bringing this topic, I think that the you know the people who listen to us should like give us some ideas or send us some ideas of what they think that would be a good idea for us to make a space for people. Maybe like in the you know more events. I mean, I know we got the summer coming up, yeah. and there's there's Moby Fest, there's there's Slay Fest, um, there's uh, you know Afropunk is a really big draw oh, for queer like yeah. you know, and it's it's fantastic, and I love those things, and you know maybe we can bring some more of those, maybe. They don't always have to be in the summer. Maybe they can be in the fall, you know, like just, you know, whatever. So, um, and again, I know there's some of y'all out there that already has ideas and, and things already in motion. So we're just not aware of them. So let us know, you know, like bring us into the circle and bring us into the circle. We want to be there. We want to yeah. support. All righty. So that was the, you know, that was cute. It's time to do our jams of the week. Yeah, Does everybody have their songs? Um, so I'm going to start off. Um, <laughs> Tanache, you know, when you're good, you're good. Um, when when she's great, she's great. Um, I was on Instagram and I saw everybody like screenshot this song and put it on their Instagram story. And I listened to it and I have not stopped listening to it since. It is Ooh La La by Tanache. And it is my jam. Like I said, when Tanache gets it right, she gets it right. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, my jam of the week is by um, Bridget Kelly. Um, she just brought out a new album. It's called Reality Bites. Um, the song is called um, In the Gray. Um, it's basically her talking about being in like that weird place of you guys are really, really good in the relationship, but what do you do when your relationship is like in the middle? Where do you find like a common ground? Where do you guys get over arguments? Where do you guys, you know, take your relationship to the next step? Um, Brid- Bridget Kelly just released this album, and I really enjoy her as an artist, but. Yeah, that's my jam of the week. Uh, in the gray. So I, I ain't got nothing new. Um, <laughs> you know, my my jam of the week is "Pray You Catch Me" by Beyonce. Okay. Um, you know, I, I revisit the Lemonade album from time to time just to you know just to refresh my spirit, and uh, I love that song. It's just it's so beautiful, like from beginning to end, and I love the lyrics. And um, you know, I I'm always singing it in the bathroom or in the shower, uh, just like to myself, just to like test out like the notes. And I just I love. I mean, I love Beyonce. So um, that's my jam. You know, uh, I encourage you all to revisit Lemonade and just like, you know, take some time for reflection. You know, just let her fill you back up because, you know, I know we've been drained recently. So, you know, do your thing. (laughs) Oh, I'm back. I was gone, I guess. Um, But my jam of the week is New Light by John Mayer. Um, It's a new song and I love it. So, yeah. Real quick, before we do, I just want to no, I just want to slide in real quick with a with a with a with a with a with a quick word. Um, I wanted to say something about my 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 friend's podcast uh, that just returned to okay. the waves. There we go. Um, it's called Off Book, um, the Black Theater Podcast. Um, it features a playwright, an actress, and a journalist, and um, they talk about uh, you know, exploring. 
and exploring their lives in NYC as related to black theater. Um, the hosts are Drew Shade, who's the creator of Broadway Black, um, Amber uh, Iman, who is a uh, celebrated actress, and uh, Danya Love, who is a fantastic playwright. Um, they're all black, and um, it's just them talking about their lives and what they're interested in and, you know, um, black theater. And it's fantastic. Um it, it went away for a while and I was really sad about it, but they just returned and they're, they're back to stay. So um, they're on SoundCloud, Google Play and Apple Podcasts. I'm sure they're going to be expanding beyond that very soon. Um, you can search them off book Black Theater Podcast to take a listen. Um, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I love it. And I love I've never heard of a podcast about black theater. Like, yeah. so. Oh, my God. Broadway Black, um, yeah. Drew created it, and it it has blown up. It's wow. it's it ha- it's a focus on uh, black in theater, and it's such a rich history there. Um, and he capitalizes on it and makes it so available um, and approachable to everyone. So please check it out. Hey, Amen. Well, um, any final thoughts? Going once, going twice. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> hey, Afro. <laughs> Y'all, no more braids for a while. I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, he's gonna let his hair breathe. Yeah. He was yes, bitch. Let that hair breathe for a little bit. I'm girl, letting it you breathe. You do them braids to the hair out, to the braids, to the hair out. Right. I can't. I can. I leave my hair out Ooh. for one day and then I braid it back up. No. And my no. scalp is tired of me. So yeah. it's, um, gonna, it's gonna read you. are right. No, my scalp. My scalp read me out last night. It was like, girl. Now nah, I know that you're trying to be cute for the boys, but you need to get your life together. So, um, you know, y'all gonna get Afro puff me for a while. You know, deal with it. Um, and that's it. As always, um, we love you. Anybody who's listened to the show, um, we thank you for uh, the DMs. We thank you for the emails, um, the support, just everything. And uh, that's it for this week. As always, we will be in your ear every Wednesday. Um, we drop at midnight on Wednesday. So, you know, for the girls who up at midnight, we get you. And it'll be perched and sitting ready for you for my early morning girls. Okay. Um, if you're asleep at midnight, but um, yeah, it's been cute. I love y'all, and love y'all. We love Bye. y'all, and um, yeah, I'll we'll talk to you later. Yeah, baby. Bye. Challenge. Wanna see you? Booty bounce. Wanna see you? Booty bounce. Ooh, ooh, ooh.